Welcome back to the Future Cast. I'm your host, Cody Carpentier. You can find me on Twitter at CarpentierNFL. With me, as always, my man, my co host, Andy Milnick. You can find him on Twitter at FFDataKing. We're back. Fourth episode, talking Senior Bowl. It's Friday night, 8 p.m. We just got doing, done doing an AMA. I'm flying out to Mobile on Monday morning, crack of dawn, 5 a.m. Andy. Let's talk about the transfer portal, and let's talk about these. I was going to be hyped. I was going to say, oh, let's talk about these wide receivers, but it's not It's not that class. It's not that hype. So let's talk about this transfer portal first, and then we'll jump into these wide receivers, man. Caleb Williams, front of the talks, Keaton Slovis, JT Daniels, uh, Jackson Dart, like we mentioned last week. What do you think about Caleb Williams, man? Where's he going? So... The hot hot news in the street is that Caleb Williams is actually considering Wisconsin compared to USC. And to me, that just seems crazy because if I were to go back and do it all over again, like you got to ask yourself a, a paramount question when you go to college. Where do you want to spend January, right? The season's over. You know, you've won or you lost. You had a good bowl game. You had a terrible bowl game, right? You're prepping for the draft. Where does he want to spend his winter's at and i i mean i don't even think it's comparable madison in winter time versus los angeles in the winter time so for me that just seems kind of crazy but for him he's got lots of ties to wisconsin i think for starters uh <clears throat> his dad is friends with the baltimore ravens tight end coaches coming over as the offensive coordinator uh for the badgers and if, if i recall correctly i think um, that tie in and of itself, uh, I guess both players, Bobby Ingram is the tight ends coach. I think he played for Paul Christ or at Wisconsin or worked with him at some point or another. The point is here is that Wisconsin emerged literally out of nowhere as his dark horse candidate that now is getting some traction. A lot of the major sites do have him going to USC still, but the fact remains, Wisconsin is an interesting option. It's, it's going to be kind of nuts because you got, like you said, in pre-show, Braylon Allen out there. He's going to be throwing a tight ends. He's going to have a great offensive line. So he's not going to, you're not going to be worried about getting hurt. But you got to wonder, is he really going to showcase his talents if he goes somewhere where they're not going to focus on the quarterback play? That's what we were just talking about. Like, it, it pisses me off, not because, like, I care because I'm not a Wisconsin fan by any means, right? I grew up in Minnesota. I don't really care for the Gophers. But from a Wisconsin standpoint, Hell yeah. But from a Caleb Williams standpoint, I don't give a damn who your dad is, who your dad's friends with. I don't care. Listen, you're at Oklahoma. You chose to go to a tier one program for a reason. Because you wanted to play the best, to beat the best, to be the best. And now your coach who recruited you, Lincoln Riley, goes to USC. Mario Williams, four-star wide receiver, goes to USC from Oklahoma. Everyone's going to USC. Jackson Dart's out. Keaton Slovis is out. What are you doing? Follow Mario. Follow Lincoln Riley, dude. I, I, the, the Wisconsin thing to me, like you said, he's going to hand the ball off to Braylon Allen 300 times. He's going to be throwing to tight ends. There's, It feels like once every six, seven years they get a receiver that's worth a damn. Quintez Cephas was obviously awesome. But, like, 
that's really what you want to go do. You want to go show off your talents at Wisconsin? You're not going to be a top five pick going to Wisconsin. No offense. Go to USC. Do the right thing. And I just, I, I don't get it. I, dead, dead honest, I just do not get the process there if he goes to Wisconsin. It, it makes no sense to me. I don't get it either. It makes about as much sense as some of the other guys we're going to talk about. Let, let's let's put that aside. We know that could be a possibility, and I think we're both in agreement that USC is the best place for him to showcase his talents, especially with Lincoln Riley as your head coach, who's going to be innovative and offensive. You know, mind, you know, put people in the Heisman uh, voting, and had a couple of Heisman winners, obviously, in Kyler Murray and Baker. Uh, you know, back at Oklahoma. One of the guys here I got on the list, the transfer portal, Keaton Slovis. So he he's transferring to Pitt um, since, obviously, Kenny Pickett declared for the draft. And I'll tell the people right now, he's not going to be Kenny Pickett next year. He's not. Mark Whipple, the offensive coordinator, whose hiring coincides and is correlated positively with Kenny Pickett's ascension this year, He's no longer at Pittsburgh anymore. He's now at Nebraska. I do not think Caden Slovis is going to show up and show out like Kenny Pickett did this year. I could be wrong. He could have the natural talent for it. But without having the OC that made Kenny Pickett this potentially first-round draft pick, I don't know. I, I don't I don't see how he's going to be the guy. So that's my take on Keaton Slovis. <laughs> It just it's sad that he's went downhill every year, right? Like six three, two oh five. He's built for the position, put a couple pounds on. He would be that Kenny Pickett size six three two twenty, right? That's what Pickett is. And started out as a freshman, seventy two percent passing, thirty touchdowns, nine picks, and then every year it's just like boom, 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 worse and worse. No rushing. He's all the way down to eleven touchdowns, eight picks. Started at 72%, 65% completion percentage. Average yards per target, down. Like, the upside for Keaton Slovis, like you just said, a lot of people are going to point to, oh, it's Pittsburgh. That's where Kenny Pickett was. That's where Kenny Pickett exploded in year number five, and he improved. But at the four years before that at Pitt, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was literally what Slovis is coming in, 13-9, and 13-9, and 12-6. 60%, sub 60%, under t- under 8 yards per attempt. So the, the the talent, obviously we know it for Slovis, but the question a lot of people aren't asking is, is Keaton Slovis broken? Because year one he comes in like we talked about, he dominates at USC, and then it's down. Injuries, opportunity, whatever it may be, down, down, down. So do, am, am I holding out hope on Slovis? No. Do I think he's next pick? And I agree with you. No. But another guy from USC that looked better than Slovis the last couple of years, uh, Jackson Dart, who we talked about. Is he going? He's going to Ole Miss, right? Uh, yeah. Last we heard, he's going to Ole Miss. He's going to Ole yeah. Miss with his with his uh, with his boy at wide receiver. Yep, yep. They took those sweet pictures out with Wayne Kiffin. Those goofy pictures in front of a I don't know some fancy car I'll never be able to afford. Um, <laughs> dripped out to the nines and just. I mean, they're swaggy pictures. Don't get me wrong. If I'm if I'm a recruit, I'm like, hell yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go coach for that guy or play with that guy. But yeah, him and his receiver, I think, are still going to Old Miss. And then the other guy, J T. Daniels, I don't really care really where he goes. He's kind of he's 
he's forked himself. It was it was USC and that's Georgia, and it's like continual disappointment. So wherever he goes, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he went the route of like go drop down to FCS and dominate, do something like that. I don't think he's going to stay at this at this uh, Division One FBS level and stay in the SEC and stay. I I, I wouldn't do that. Is he going to do it? He might. He might go to you know, whatever Tennessee, West Virginia, whatever maybe. But I I would not if I was JT Daniels. I would take that drop down and I would dominate. Go for five thousand at FCS school, and then whatever the life, whatever wherever life takes you, let it take you there. What about you? Yeah, let's uh, let's let's let some of the folks in the chat answer that question for us. Where do you think JT Daniels is going to end up now that he's entered the transfer portal? This will be for folks who don't who aren't keeping track at home. This will be his third school already, and what really screwed him over, or I guess didn't screw him over, but what stopped him from starting for Georgia next year was Stetson Bennett coming out of left field and saying, let's run it back, baby. Let's try it again, right? We had good thing going here. We, you know, in my opinion, kind of caught lightning in a bottle. You know, you had J-Mo Hurt and Mechie Hurt, right? Those two guys didn't play, so it's kind of a big red flag there for me, but you can't blame the guy for being like, hey, we just won. Let's try and run it back for another one, you know, because let's be honest here, none of us really see Stetson Bennett playing in the NFL and being a prolific quarterback, right? So kudos to him. I mean, I would do it too if I were at an SEC school, you know, top of my game, just won the national championship. I know I'm not going to be a, a crazy big pro. Why not run it back? So that's what's caused JT Tannehill to enter the transfer portal. And again, I agree with you. Don't hold out hope. So a lot of places that I found that are like looking at him are him going back to California, and that's San Jose State, San Diego State, Fresno State. That would be like in between what I was saying. I was saying go FCS and, and, and stay out of the SEC. There's like mentions of like old Miss and shit, but we were talking about Jackson Dart. San Diego State, Fresno State, San Jose, that's like that. It's not like a teardown, but it's it's a drop down, right, in college football. So I, I would that's a good spot. Send him out there. Brady Hoke is with San Diego State. Uh there's a Sonny Dykes talk at SMU. Uh Jake Hayner graduated from Fresno State. Go send him somewhere like that. Send him out to the West and and where he's comfortable back in California and just ship it. And maybe we'll hear about JT Daniels in 365 days. But I don't want to hear another word about JT Daniels if I'm if I'm being directly honest with you. Uh, I want to talk about the Senior Bowl because next week I'm going to be inebriated with the Senior Bowl and the, probably the position I'm going to not look at the most because hopefully I can just like watch like an hour and be like, all right, I knew, confirm my priors. That's what I want. I want to confirm my priors on these guys, right? And to confirm those priors and tell you guys who we like out of those, we decided to break these teams up a little bit. The show's going to be a little bit different over the last you know few weeks. We've done just talked about everybody, and we each of each went full in our opinions. But instead, this week, prefaced it a little bit last week, we've broken down these teams. New York Jets, that's going to be Andy's team. Detroit Lions, that's going to be my team. He's got seven guys. He started out with six. We had a late ad, Braylon Sanders, Old Miss. Late ad, they just added in today. And I got seven guys from New York Jets. We're going to be talking about all seven, but here's the catch. I took zero notes on his guys, and he took zero notes on my guys. We watched a little bit of tape of them, so I'll have a little kickback. You know, I can be like, oh, yeah, I agree on this guy. I'll have some opinions. I made it a point not to watch 
all these guys in depth and take notes because I wanted to hear it first from Andy from a different perspective where I was like, all right, and then I'm going to go in and watch. So it's going to be a little bit different, but we're going to make conversation out of it. And I want to figure out who the best receiver is at this senior bowl. Because right now, if I had to walk in tomorrow, I'd just say, Jahan Dotson, here's my slip. I'm gone. Bye. Um, but Andy, started out with the rip. Whoever you want to start with, let's talk about these senior bowl boys from the New York Jets. We'll go every other. Sure. So, and, and I, I, to preface this, I provided just some ranks for some of the guys that I got on the, the New York Jets team. Just for my purposes of just kind of knowing who's where in my list. And I'll, I'll just start from the top of the list here. He's ranked number four out of the receivers that I got here. It's Khalil Shakir out of Boise State. Um, so right off the rip, he's six foot 190, which is comparable to Rashad Bateman's height and weight coming out of college. But when you watch the game film on Khalil Shakir, this dude looks a hell of a lot shorter than Rashad Bateman. I mean, I compare the two film film stuff together, and there's no way that they're same height, same player, same body type. So we'll need to run it through the model and get the whatever comp comes back for him. But he plays very scrappy. There are a number of times when you saw him catch the ball or receive a handoff on a jet sweep, and he's five yards away getting hit by a defender. Uh, from from scoring a touchdown, and he just keeps pumping his legs, pumping his legs, pumping his legs. Safety comes, defensive back comes to stop him. They can't stop him, and he pushes three guys five extra yards to score. Um, so I think he's really scrappy, like I said. Um, doesn't have a lot of straight line speed, but I think because he's got the work ethic and the ability to put up large numbers, again, 77 receptions, over over 1,100 yards this year and seven touchdowns. I think he'll be a decent high-floor guy. I like that. And the one thing that I noticed really, uh, well, well, overlooking Shakir, obviously I told you I didn't go very in-depth, but 71 rush attempts, 414 yards on the ground, and four touchdowns. They used him all over the field, elusive. 900 yards scrimmage from scrimmage 2019 as a true sophomore again another big thing you're going to realize when we get to these guys if you're listening there's not not a lot of true seniors which is a four-year senior obviously we're at the senior bowl right so everyone's going to be senior four-year seniors we're going to get talking later Shakir's 22 years old 0.0 just turned 22 four-year senior Boise State thousand yards like the like he said 800 700,000 I really like that I thought he looked solid um, I don't think he's going to be a top 10 guy by any means, but I thought, I thought he looked solid. So I like, I like that breakdown a little bit. I'm going to jump into a guy from SMU. There's two guys from SMU this year. I'm going to drop into my least favorite of the two, which might surprise some people. And that is Reggie Roberson, the wide receiver from Texas, high school, Texas, went to SMU, started out at West Virginia, didn't do anything, transferred to SMU. He's got some sweet, sweet feet. He's very, very weird running style in the open field. It's like a, it's like he's galloping, right? It's not like Michael Gallup, but like he's like he's galloping like a horse. Like his head is bobbing, so he just like looks like a really weird runner. His play style is very tough. Uh, it, it, I don't know if it's going to translate great. He's going to run the mid four fives. His college game was built on the deep ball, and I think he's going to run like I said in the mid four fives. That I, I don't. He's not going to outrun a lot of people. He's he's outrunning these lesser talents at SMU. And the thing, like I just said a minute ago, this guy, Reggie Roberson, is going to be 24 and a half years old on draft night. 24 and a half. He had 800 yards as a sophomore at SMU in his first year transferred, 800 yards again. 
And then 2020 comes around, he plays five games, 474 yards. He's on the same pace to go for 800 again, but again, COVID, they played five games. And then this year he comes back, 600 yards. I like Reggie Roberson, but again, it's a very, very tough situation for a guy like him to excel in the NFL. I think he's good, average to good. Um, Did you watch any Reggie Roberson? I did a little bit, um, and I... I have to agree with you. Like he lived and died by the deep ball, right? Intermediate catches and short, uh, short area catches are not his his jam, not his skill. So he really does need to run really fast at at his size to to warrant getting drafted, right? I mean, I think I saw some folks say that he could be a sixth or seventh round pick, maybe maybe even undrafted free agent. But yeah, he's. He's got to catch deep balls in order to make himself worth anything. I think he's a guy that he had the opportunity. He should have came out two years ago. And we've had him in the player profiler database for two years because we thought he was going to come out after his junior season. Junior year, eight games, 800 yards, six touchdowns. Come on, man. Come on. And then he goes back, COVID year, goes back again, doubles down. Now he's 24 and a half. It's a big difference going from 22 and a half two years ago to 24 and a half. I'm not there, man. I'm not there on a guy that's not going to have the speed. He's a one-trick pony, literally, from SMU. One-trick pony, runs like a horse, his head gallops. I, I, I'm i just not there. Um, in my rankings, just from my group of guys, my seven guys, I had him at at uh, six uh, on that list of seven guys. So I, I'm not high on him at all. It's, it's just it's a, it's a tough class. Like I said, we talked about before. It's just not a great group. Yeah, a lot of a lot of rough game tape out there that we had to parse through. So to the audience, the folks listening, watching us right now, you're welcome. We did we did you a solid service. Let's move on to another guy on your team. You want you want to talk Alec Pierce, Romeo Dubes? What are you thinking? Yeah, let's do Alec Pierce here. So if you watched the college football playoff this year, you saw Alec Pierce play. Uh, from his height and weight, the dude is really tall, really big. Uh, and kind of thrived off of the 50-50 ball. Um, but he didn't look very impressive after the catch. There's a lot of catch and fall down, catch and fall down, catch over the top of a guy, fall down. Now, I am kind of partial to him being a Northwestern grad. His dad played football there. His mom played volleyball there. So he's a natural athlete, comes from an athletic family. And something I found out as I was doing some research on him was that he actually played safety throughout most of high school until his junior or senior year where he transferred to being a quarterback. So he's very, so he is very athletic. Um, the thing with him though, is that does that translate necessarily into on field production? I would say kind of, I mean, didn't really break out as a junior really broke out this year with 52 receptions, 884 yards and eight touchdowns. Again, athlete first receiver, second, He's a developmental guy that I think could take huge strides in the NFL, but you really need to have a good wide receivers coach or a good offensive coordinator around him. So if he goes somewhere that's very run heavy, I don't, I don't know if we're going to see development out of him like we think we will. I have him ranked at number five. Nice. So that's right behind Shakir. So if you go to playerprofile.com, you can see that we have these player pages up already. And right now you go to Alec Pierce and you'd say, well, there's there's metrics already. Yeah, it's because 
got this project. Obviously, I've talked about it on, on other podcasts. It's called the Butte, uh, Project Butte, which is obviously named after Keishon Butte, but it's high school workouts. So you can go to Alec Pierce, and it looks like he's giving you a middle finger with the high school workouts because his vertical was 38.7 coming out of high school. But you have to realize 6'3", 213. He also ran a 4.65, but he was 191 pounds. So he's put on 25 pounds body weight. He looks good downfield, but can he can he get into those four fours? If he's six three two fifteen runs four fours, I was listening to a podcast uh, from the guys at Roster Watch, who are the guys I'm going to be hanging out with down at the Senior Bowl, and they spoke about Alec Pierce, and they close comped him to Alan Lazard, and I thought, from what I've watched, I was like, that's I I really like that comp. So did you did you see any Alan Lazard in Alec Pierce's game? Yeah, a little bit. Um... I don't know if I would say he's. I don't know if I'd say he's as dependable as Alan Lazard is to Aaron Rodgers. I think it's that's kind of a that's kind of where the the comp kind of falls apart for me. Because um, there are some times when he makes just some goofy drops for like literally no reason. Um, but yeah, I would say it's probably as close as you can get. Um, another comp I saw there was someone like Eric Decker. And that one stuck out to me a lot too, but it's been a while since anyone's seen Eric Decker play football, so it doesn't seem very relevant to bring up right now. No, but that's good. That's a good pull. That's that's a long time ago. That's a pull where people are gonna be like, Oh shit, you know, I remember Eric Decker had a couple of big seasons and they can they can fall back on that. Um I'm gonna jump into Danny Gray, another wide receiver from SMU, who is definitely not getting talked about as much as a as a Reggie Roberson. Um, he's younger than Reggie Roberson. Going to turn 23 um, right before the draft. He went to JUCO for two years. Uh, he went to Blinn College. 15 receptions, 409 as a freshman there. Then year two, 54, 877 and 8. So again, you're hearing year one, 400 yards. Year two, 800. Transfers to SMU. Goes 440 yards as a junior. And then 803 yards as a senior. And I mean, for me, he literally just looked better. He's he's smart after the catch. He's versatile, high four four guy that looks like an AJ Brown. Like that's his body style, how he runs. He I was trying to think. There's a guy that played in like the the mid two thousands that he runs really tight. Like he's got these massive traps, and like his traps are too big for his body, and it, he's got like no neck. This guy Danny Gray from SMU. I really enjoyed watching him. He's got the alpha mentality. Every time he makes the catch, it's just like. Oh, he's just mad. You can just tell he's got this aggression. And him, it feels like a Denzel Mims type, right? Situation where, but his mentals are there. Unlike Denzel Mims, obviously we've seen. Denzel Mims did dominate at the Senior Bowl. So I'm I'm interested to see if Danny Gray can be that guy that comes kind of out of nowhere. Like I said, Juco for two years. He's 6'2", 180 now from SMU. Reggie Roberson's the guy that really gets looked at. But again, what has Matt talked about? Matt has talked about these guys that come out as juniors. It's because the NFL wanted them. Then Reggie Roberson didn't come out as a junior, and he didn't come out as a senior after even a pretty solid COVID year. So what's that tell us? The NFL does not love him. And then Danny Gray obviously only had one year at SMU. That was his junior season. And then this year. So he wasn't going to come out early. He just wasn't in the cards for Danny Gray. I prefer Danny Gray to Reggie Roberson by quite a bit. When I have these guys ranked out, I have Danny Gray as my number two receiver on my Detroit Lions American team for the Senior Bowl. 
I enjoy him. I like him a lot. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, the brief couple of games that I watched with him and Reggie Roberson, I mean, one of the things you got to point out here, right, like you said earlier, Roberson could have come out as a junior, didn't. And then with Danny Gray coming in here, I mean, he's a Juco transfer. Some guys just look like they're hungrier than others, right? He looks like he's hungry every single time to get the ball, to push for extra yards, um, bigger than maybe his stature lets up. But he's... I think he. I think he's going to be someone you're going to need to key on, key in on for sure. Agreed, hundred percent. Do you do you uh, have anybody else on here that is in that area that is not getting talked about enough right now? That's not coming in high like a Jahan Dotson, like we've talked about before. Do you have any sleepers on your team? Yeah, let me give you one guy that, and this is only because of where he went to school. So Christian Watson out of North Dakota State University. Um, so for for starters here, he's, he's he put up forty three receptions for eight hundred yards and seven touchdowns, and he's listed at six five two oh eight. But big boy coming, yeah, but coming in exactly. That's what I thought too, and I was thinking to myself, okay, well this guy looks looks like those old clips you used to see of Derrick Henry playing football in elementary in, in in high school. He just looks bigger and faster than everyone else in the field, and so I was thinking to myself, okay, well what. What is this guy doing here? Why didn't he transfer out to a different school? Why didn't he try to move to a Power 5 program or the FBS level? And one of the things I found here was that when he started college, um, he was actually 175. So he's put on almost over almost 35 pounds in four years to his size and his speed. And, ha- and it hasn't lost any of his speed. I mean, he's got special teams production. Um, so I would say with him... I think he could have been a number one at a major school, and he broke out as a as a sophomore for thirty four receptions, three hundred uh, seven hundred thirty two yards, and six touchdowns. So he's had great production. It's a small school. That's the knock. That's the problem. You're not too sure, but I could see him being the guy that's just bigger than everyone else at the Senior Bowl. He's the tallest of the folks that I got on my team so far. Right, Alec Pierce is close at six three, but this guy's six five. So and he looks absolutely massive when you watch him play against the other competition. Dare I mention, because Quintez Cephas, I think you'd agree, he plays bigger than what he is. He plays bigger than 6'1", 202, right? He goes to Wisconsin. Wisconsin, as we talked about earlier, talking about Caleb Williams, Wisconsin is a run-centric team. And growing up in Minnesota, I went to school at the University of North Dakota, not North Dakota State, um, but... I had close connections with the North Dakota State University football team, et cetera. Watson reminds me of like a Quintez Cephas North, except he's more athletic and he's faster. This team is completely run-centric. And what I watch, there's not very much tape on Christian Watson, but what I've seen and what I'm most excited for, and, and I feel like I'm falling into this. Remember a couple years ago it was Ashton Doolin. Last year for me it was Mike Strawn. That's where I feel like I'm leaning. But again, North Dakota State is the best of the best. They should be a Division I FBS team. What I'm saying is Christian Watson reminds me of a better version of Quintez Cephas. Quintez Cephas was a dog at Wisconsin. We remember that. But Christian Watson, 43-807, every connection, he was running past everyone light speed. So, yeah, I, I mean, this guy, I'm, I'm excited to see what this guy's got down at the Senior Bowl Mobile. Yeah, I've got him at number three. So if you're keeping track at home, it's 
of the folks we talked about so far, it's him, then it's Shakur, then it's Alec Pierce. Because I, I'm just enamored with the size and the speed and the dynamicism that you see on the field. Again, spatial awareness and the special teams, you'll love to see that. Again, the question there is always going to be with these smaller school guys. If you're that productive, why didn't you transfer somewhere else? And shit, you may have liked playing, playing up north, but in a dome, right? Because North Dakota State's one of the only teams that plays in the cold and the frigid snow, but has a dome over their head. I mean, shit, I don't want, I don't want to play in Madison or uh, Minneapolis in the middle of the winter. <laughs> exactly. You had, and that's a whole other conversation. But when you get up there, man, it's a whole different ball game. I've tailgated many times, negative degree weather in North Dakota. And, and I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that they have the domes up there. Uh, but I'm going to jump into a guy, like I prefaced earlier, these guys, man, I don't understand. And I don't want this to be a knock on these guys, but from a talent and an age perspective, you're talking NFL teams coming to scout these guys. And some of it is just some of these guys just don't make sense. And you have a guy on your team that doesn't make sense. And I have a guy on my team that the only reason he makes sense is because his special teams output. And for fantasy, you do not want Valus Jones. Valus Jones Jr. out of Tennessee. He's going to be 25 years old a week after the NFL draft, dude. 25. He's been in college for six years. He starts out at USC, does nothing. Freshman year, sophomore year, does nothing. Again, has a redshirt year, sophomore year again, junior year. He has four years at USC. Then he transfers to Tennessee, where he has a senior season, COVID year, 280 yards, three touchdowns. And then again, transfers. Sorry, he trans at Tennessee then again, 2021. 62 receptions, 807 yards, and seven touchdowns. He's a literal, a literal six-year breakout in college. And... He train he's he's gonna run in these like mid four fours, low four fours. He's a pretty quick guy. He's pretty fast, pretty explosive. But again, he's twenty five. He trains with Josh Palmer, Amari Rogers. Those are the guys that he's been working out with in the offseason. He vlogs about it. I would expect him to go in that same range where they are, just because when these guys come to the senior bowl, it gives them a little kick. And this guy has that elusiveness. He has the speed. But again, I'm talking fantasy. Fantasy, you do not want him. NFL guys are going to want him because he has that special teams factor. He's the definition of a New England Patriot guy. Versatility. He loves the special teams. Not the best receiver by any means. Nothing special about him except his speed and ability, agility um, and ability to understand his own body. But that comes with the age. The dude's 25, like I've said, for eight times now. I also can't remember the last time I saw someone have double the routine... Double the kick return and punt return yards that they have receiving. 120 catches, 1,400 career receiving yards, 122 kick returns and punt returns, 2,900 return yards. Actually, let me look here. Joe Reed. Joe Reed out of Virginia. God damn it. Joe Reed, man. God damn, I hate this. These guys always get you a little bit. They always do. It, it's so annoying because they're like, oh, this guy's, you know, he's got this dyna- dynamism. Joe Reed, fifth-round pick out of the Chargers. I thought that was one of the best fifth-round picks. I was like, this guy's going to come in. He's explosive. He's pretty quick. 1,400 receiving yards, 3,000 return yards at Virginia. Yeah, Joe Reed's not on the Chargers anymore, and that was just two years ago. So, Valus Jones, he's going to be a guy that's going to be looked at. He's like a Joe Reed. He's going to come in. Day one, 
and they're going to say, is it going to work or not? He's going to be a fifth or sixth round pick. Is it going to work? Has Velas Jones got the dog in him? Joe Reed didn't. Velas Jones got the dog. I think he's got a little bit, but I don't know if he's got the dog, right? Six-year breakout. Does he make an NFL team? Maybe. He's going to have to work his ass off. That's all I'm saying. I'm not excited about Velas Jones. He's number seven on my team. He's going to be getting very few reps. But I tell you what he will be doing is returning kicks. Oh, man. Talk about, uh, you know, if you were on my dimension, that would be, that's when, you know, the, the outro music plays. And then, you know, in the in the ending credits, the ending monologue, it's, well, that's the show, right? That was, that was phenomenal. Um, yeah, I, I can't agree with you more, right? When your special teams production outweighs the production you had in your position in the six years, just, again, raises a lot of red flags. You're right. What are the guys that's, that's, that doesn't have a lot of red flags, but looks like he's going to put up some big numbers um, at the senior bowl here is Romeo Daubs, Dubes. I've, I've heard multiple announcers pronounce it d- different ways. I don't think anybody actually knows it until they, they read off the name at the, the combine. I was going to say, hopefully I find out next week. Not <laughs> I've heard Daubs, Dubes, and Dubs, so I don't fucking know what it is. Yeah, no, absolutely. But like he, so this year he goes for eighty receptions, over eleven hundred yards and eleven touchdowns. He's six two two hundred, so he's not small by any means. Um, and what you love to see about him is that he's one of the few guys that I got on my list here that broke out as a as a junior right prior to this. So he had fifty eight uh, receptions, a hundred, a thousand yards, and nine touchdowns as a junior. Um, He's got the same height and weight as Van Jefferson, which I don't know if I necessarily see that in his game. But you got to love the special teams production over multiple years, especially since he was a punt returner, mostly not kick returner. So you're going to have folks flying at you full speed in the middle of the field, random parts of the field, catching punts. You love to see that rather than, I mean, if I had to pick special teams, kick returners are great, but typically things are already kind of set up for you to run one way or the other. So you love to see the punt returning. Um, for me, I think his straight line speed will show up in his 40 time, but I think he doesn't have a great lateral quickness. I don't see him being a phenomenal three cone. Um, he doesn't really make defenders miss. It's not really his game. And so I would say to add on to that, he looks a little slow moving from side to side. But all things that can be worked on, all things that can be built on it uh, at the NFL level, I don't see him having a problem getting open and catching the ball. Again, he helped make Carson Strong, uh, a name that we all know and love, going in the first round. So I have him ranked as my second highest receiver here on my list, uh, Romeo Dubes out of Nevada. I was going to say, I had him on my picture before. It was Carson Strong. And the reason I watched so much um, of Romeo Dubes is because of Carson Strong. I enjoy him. And as we've talked about before, I think I have Carson Strong probably at QB2. I have him right on that clip. I think next week's going to be where I push him over and he takes that next step. But talking about him, that was why I liked Romeo Dubes. He has a size. He can return the ball. The problem I see is a lack of ability to pull away. Reminds me of like an A.J. Green, a Des Bryant when it comes to his abilities to make a play when the ball gets on location. There's zero yak. You struggle to separate the NFL. And when I say A.J. Green and Des, everyone gets like excited. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the dog mentality of Dez. It's not the talent of A.J. Green. It's the stiffness and the play style. 
you think about those guys, you think about them being those big body physical guys. And what we've talked about before with Matt is Denzel Mims, Terrace Marshall, Brian Edwards, these guys we've continued to miss on. Dubs plays. Dubs hopes to be a Zay Jones. He hopes to be Zay Jones. That would be a good outcome for Dubs. I like him. But again, he hopes to be Zay Jones. The problem is, I'm not sure if he can get to Zay's level. Again, you remember Zay Jones dominated East Carolina. Zay brings everything Dubs has, except Zay is smooth and Zay is actually fast. That's the only thing I'm worried about with Dubs. And he's the one guy that I really went in-depth on on your team because, like I said, Carson Strong, and and it's his number one receiver. I want to see what he was. And I, and I like him, but I'm, I'm not royally impressed. He doesn't. He doesn't look like he gets away from people. Like I said, he catches. He gets caught up to a lot. Um, I think like a, he's got good straight line speed, but as far as lateral quickness, making people miss, he just doesn't do it. He gets caught all the time. So if he's if there's no one in front of him, you got green grass. He's golden. But if there's anybody in front of him, he's got to go around them or change direction or change speed. He's gonna. Someone's gonna catch him. Let's take a break before I jump into another guy that's actually going to be hosting the Senior Bowl. Go to Underdog Fantasy today. Jump on Underdog Fantasy and use the promo code UNDERWORLD. Get yourself up to $100 back at deposit. Get yourself up to $100 back at deposit. Not many places are doing that today. You can go over there. You can bet on all of the props you can get in the championship sunday tournaments you can get in the hail mary 25 dollars to enter afc and nfc championship have three person drafts five thousand dollars to first and if you don't like doing that and you just want to do pickums don't forget if you have your special pickum and you haven't used it yet it's free it's jamar chase over one receiving yard if you haven't used it it's a literal free one you just throw it in there boom and then you throw it in there with uh, an, another prop from uh, that game Maybe you like T. Higgins over five receptions or 68 and a half yards. You throw it in there with him, and you maybe go a Joe Burrow run back, 287 passing yards, and you send it. And you get paid, I don't know, 6X? 6X, that make you happy? Maybe you put 100 bucks in, you bet it on those three, 600 bucks? Nah, not bad, not bad. Go over to Underdog Fantasy today, use that promo code UNDERWORLD, get up to $100 back when you deposit. Go do it. Then at wide receiver, we'll jump back in, like I said, hosting the Senior Bowl because the Senior Bowl is hosted in Mobile at the University of Southern Alabama. Jalen Tolbert, another guy we talked about, like Reggie Roberson. It's kind of worrying me because I like Jalen Tolbert. He did not come out after a junior season where he had 1,000 yards, 8 touchdowns, and 64 receptions, averaging 17 per reception. But again, Sun Belt, South Alabama, he should have come out in 2021. But I'm assuming he wanted to grow in popularity. He wanted to, you know, go off and maybe boost his draft stock. 1,400 yards. He's now hosting the Senior Bowl. He can make a lot of money this week and seriously get into late round two conversation. I think right now he's about the round four area and he's growing. But he can really make a showing. This is one of the guys that can take that next step and steal the light from Jahan Dotson. He could be this year's small school Darnell Mooney. He's not Mooney type, but he could be this year's Darnell Mooney where he goes in the mid-rounds, he breaks out. He made everybody, everyone that Southern Alabama played, 
He just made him look dumb. It was it was really no competition when you're watching the tape with this guy. Mid four fours. He's not a big tackle breaker, but he has the agility after the catch. He doesn't have the tackle breaking, but he has the agility to just make you miss after the catch. Six games in 2021, he goes over 140 receiving yards. That's 50% of his games. 10 of those 12 games, he goes over 80. He dominated. It's exactly what you want in these small school guys, especially especially when he comes back from a 1,000-yard junior season and he's like, damn, I got something to prove, and he absolutely proved it. He dominated everyone he played. Jalen Tolbert, I got him at three on my team, just slightly behind Danny Gray. What about you? You watch Jalen Tolbert at all? Yeah, I would say Jalen Tolbert's one of those guys that he's not going to be very popular. So I, I like He's one of the rare instances where you can appreciate him coming back for a senior year to boost his draft stock because, honestly, I don't think it would have been very high coming out in 2020 as a junior. But uh, So what I'm seeing here from the stat sheet, right, this year, 1,474 yards. I mean, when your quarterback only throws for 2,400 yards and you make up over half of it alone – He's going to be interesting enough that he's got to, he, he may steal the spotlight from Jahan Dotson if he comes out there and shows that he's hungrier than everyone else. I think he's a guy, like you said, raises his draft stock. He comes out there, shows up, shows out. Uh, as long as he isn't slow, I, I think he's a late second round, maybe early third round pick, probably. I'd agree on that. I think he's going to be solid. I think he has room to grow. I don't think he's going to be the biggest riser. I think he has the ability to be the biggest riser, though, if he performs right at the Senior Bowl. So I'll jump into one more guy here. Um, I'll jump into the last kind of gem of my group before I jump into the folks that I'm I'm, I'm, I'm kind of scratching my head about. And that is the king of the castle. He's at the top of the mountain. It's Jahan Dotson. Comes from a long line of other Penn State wide receivers, right? Your Allen Robinsons, your Chris Godwins. He looks legit. Um, and I would say that he probably should have. He probably could have came out in 2020. Now, when you're down at Penn State, you're you got the national spotlight on you. Probably not going to be great for your draft stock to come out when your team is terrible that year, right? And in a down year, he went 52, uh, 888 yards and eight touchdowns at Penn State. He, he looks very, very explosive and has a lot of bursts. Um, you love to see how he's got the spatial awareness again, like we see with a lot of these guys that have been playing special teams here. Um, and he seems to make plays like no matter where he's at, right? Like no matter what the play is, you need 10 yard, you need 10 yard out caught where he has one toe inbounds. Jahan Dotson's got you. You need to catch a ball that's between three defenders. Jahan Dotson's got you. You need a red zone. Um, you're throwing in the red zone, and you didn't catch one at the back of the end zone with one hand. He's got you. The guy just seems to gravitate towards these playmaking catches and seems to be reliable. So, honestly, to me, um, as I compare his game, there's one other receiver that a lot of folks like that I compare him to. It's Deontay Johnson. He looks really similar to Deontay Johnson. 
And if he would have came out in his junior year, we would have been talking about him as the next Deontay Johnson, but he didn't because Penn State sucked last year. Now that they were good or better than last year, he's got a chance to make a big splash here. I, I, I think he's in the rare instance where if he can show how much better he is than everyone else, that's when his draft stock goes up. But like we talked about last week with Chris Olave, right, not going to the Senior Bowl, there's a lot of potential here for him to drop if he doesn't show up. I was just talking with Matt about this, and he's like, maybe we should move up Jahan Dotson because he's going to get the better draft capital than David Bell. Sounds like the scouting industrial complex is pushing David Bell down. Do we do it? Do we push him there? Do we not? You like how I put that in there? Yeah, exactly. And Jahan Dotson, I said, yeah, man, I I think we should push him up. The problem is I think we should wait about six days because I'd rather not go up and then back down, right? And I told him, I said, this guy, and I talked about this earlier, if you walked in tomorrow and you said who's going to be the best receiver there, I think 99 out of 100 people would just give you a ticket that says Jahan Dotson on it. And they turned it, it, we didn't even need to watch receiver because we know he's the best receiver there, right? Now, Chris Olave, is he running away from competition? Whatever. Jahan Dotson, that's the part you like. You, you like that he said, I'm going to go. I'm going to be the alpha dog here. Is he going to do it? That's what I want to see. That's why I told Matt, I said, I can't move him up yet. I can't jump him over David Bell, put him in that five spot until I see what I want to see. And what I want to see is him dominate. Him dominate. When I say dominate, I want to say, like, there's going to be levels to this game. And when you look at our rankings, there's levels to this game. Dotson's at seven right now. We're talking about moving him to five. The next best guy in the rankings is when you get down to Dubes, Tolbert, Watson, Shakir, down by 15. There's a clear tier for us between Dotson and those guys. I want to see him expand that. Expand it. Show it. Prove it. Be the next Devonta Smith. Be that guy that can separate, that can dominate. Yeah, you're at Penn State. You didn't have the quarterback play Alabama did. Go there, dominate, do the damn thing, and earn that first-round draft capital. Tony did. Kadarius Tony was down there. He's obviously from Alabama, but Kadarius Tony went over there. He had one big season at Florida. He bursted out. They said, let's go. Kadarius Tony, first-round pick, and the Giants clicked the button. So all you need is one team. Jahan Dotson could draw that first-round draft capital by dominating at the Senior Bowl. Like you said, he's the guy. Yeah, and and if he's able to show up against some of these top cornerbacks and defensive backs that are going to be at the Senior Bowl, um, a couple of the guys, because again, we're, I think we both kind of agree this is a big defensive draft class here, right? A lot of dogs on the defensive side that people are going to be drafting getting. If he can show up and show out, then yeah, you're talking about him beating the best of the best out of here. Speaking of beating the best of the best out of here, is Trey Turner really good? I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of him. I I, I don't love Trey Turner. You know, I, I watched a little Trey Turner. I actually live an hour from Blacksburg, and I went down to one game this year. I wanted to go to a couple more, but I only went to one. And the one I went to, Turner actually got hurt in. And again, about 60, 70 yards. He didn't look bad. He's got soft hands. He's got late soft hands. What I mean by late soft hands is he's not a guy that rushes his hands out there to show the defender, I'm here. Defend me. He's a uh, ball's there, hands there right now. Six foot, 210. Sorry, wrong guy. 6'3", six, 6'2", six, he's going to be up there. Great at contested catches. He's not a speedster. He's 100%. This is what I looked at. I looked at as soon as I turned the tape on, I was like, oh, my God, this guy's literally Demarcus Robinson. 
He's Demarcus Robinson, hands down. A little bit of Alan Hearns. His ability is there. The ability is there to do everything. The main thing with him, though, is consistency, trust. He's gonna be on a long, he's gonna be in the NFL for a long time. Is he gonna be is he gonna take that next step? That's what we gotta find out. We gotta find out if he's got that dog in him. We gotta find out if he's got the alpha, the next step, the the speed. Can he separate? I don't think he can. He's not a superstar. The big thing with Turner is 50 carries in four years. 50 carries. They used him a ton on jet sweeps. Like week after week after week, it was like five yards, five yards, five yards. He get he's not gonna blow up and go for 20. Five yards, five yards, five yards. It's like a carry out of the backfield, but they used him this way, this way, every time, out, out, out. And Turner's just going to be a guy. He's going to be in the NFL for a long time, like I said. He's going to make a lot of plays. The cool thing with him is 500-plus receiving yards all four seasons at Virginia Tech. Never went over 700, though. He was just in there, in between, playing around. Never went, never exploded. But you never had great quarterback play at Virginia Tech either. So that could be the thing that takes him to the next level. Is just get him in there with the right quarterback. Trey Turner's nice. Not special. Demarcus Robinson, Alan Hearns. That's that's where you're playing at. But that's where do I have him ranked at, though? We have him at number 25 in the overall rankings. And I have him just ahead of Reggie Roberson in my personal rankings. I like him. I like him. Like I said, this whole class, though, like this whole senior bowl is not that, not that great. It's one guy, it's a bunch of diamonds, and there's a bunch of shit. Now, and to add, add that fact here, let me jump into my my last ranked guy on my team here. Is he shitty? Is he my, shitty? My my, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so confused about this guy. I, I really am. Right. So we're talking about Bo Melton, not a Rutgers here. It's his fifth year. He's a graduate senior, so he's gonna be older than everyone to start. But like, when the other guys walk in the room, let's say Bo Melton shows up first, so the other guys looking around like, are we in the right spot? Is this Senior Bowl today, is that what we're here to do? Because this guy, I I don't understand. The other guys on the list here, I get it. They broke out. They had a lot of receptions, a lot of touchdowns. And don't get me wrong, I know Rutgers is not a powerhouse program. Burger plays college football, that's great. You put it on a plaque. You put it on a rock somewhere in the middle of the field. We love it. We all talk about it. But other than that, like, no good quarterback play no offensive firepower whatsoever. And it shows in this guy's stat line. I mean, he went 55 for 618 and three this year. Not impressive size speed. I mean, he's 5'11, 195, which to me feels like he's very average. Um, 10th in time or 10th all time in receiving yards at Rutgers. Okay. Um, could be the reason. Rutgers, Rutgers could be the reason why he didn't break out, but some players like rise above, right? And they're like, "Hey, I'm the dominant guy on this team, even though the rest of everyone around me is terrible." Um, but he didn't really show out at all. So I'm not expectations for him are super low. Um, I don't even know if he'll get drafted this year, but yeah, that's that's about it. We don't need to. You don't need to give your take on Bo Melton because he's gonna be terrible. We can just get to the next guy. The literal, that's what I put. I put, like, it's Rutgers, dude. He's slow. He's a guy. He, he No separation. He, he He's going to show up at the Senior Bowl. That's about what he's got going for him. He's not going to translate to the NFL. He ain't going to get drafted. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry, bro. It's Rutgers. You're slow. You can't separate. You're just a guy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Congratulations. Have fun. Get some autographs. Let's go. Let's go to old 
<laughs> Let's go to Ole Miss, though, because you got an Ole Miss guy in yours as well, the late ad. Let's start out with Dontario Drummond, my guy. He's coming out as a senior. He's the archetype, as Matt would call him. Six foot, 210. He played in the A.J. Brown, the Eli- Elijah Mitchell role. Drummond doesn't have the speed, but the yak, the ability after, after the catch. He's not going to outrun too many people. Not going to run a four four nine like AJ Brown did coming out of Ole Miss. The problem arises when you look at the the problem arises when you look at his age, twenty four and a half years old. Fuck man, ninety five for fourteen hundred yards, twenty one touchdowns at Eastern Mississippi Community College JUCO two years as a sophomore. That's when he had the fourteen hundred yards. Not a freshman, sophomore, and then it took four years for him to get back to Ole Miss and take a thousand yard season. As a fifth-year senior, eight touchdowns, 1,028 yards, receiving 76 receptions. Six carries, 40 yards, he did score. I like Dontario Drummond. I have him number three on my list, right behind Danny Gray. I like Danny Gray, like I said before. Danny Gray has him edged out in the age department. But again, these guys, man, they just keep coming out 24, 20. I don't get this 24, 25-year-old shit. Drummond's nice. But why? If he was 22 and a half. If he was 22 and a half, man, I'd have him so much higher. So much higher. It's not even funny because he's nice. He's really, really nice. Did you get a chance to look at this other guy, this Braylon Sanders guy who I saw Jim Nagy tweet about three hours before our show. He's a late ad from the NFL PA Bowl that's going on this last week. Jim Nagy claims the NFL scouts liked what they saw and they called Nagy to invite Sanders so they could see more from Sanders, the old miss fifth-year talent at wide receiver. Is he a talent? These are, these are the same NFL scouts that routinely draft terrible players in early rounds, right? This, this, is the, this is the same scouts that give bad GMs bad information. So let's just put that, let's put that into context, right? So I, I love it, right? He's got people out there, look, he caught a contested catch. Look, he made this guy miss. He jumped over a guy. He caught it against his helmet. Great. I love it. Um, didn't know the NFL PA bowl was going on this week. So thanks for letting me know about that. I'll have to read the highlights about it next week. And when I have time and, uh, for, for Braylon Sanders, one of the problems here is that there's really not a lot of production to, to go off of, to even say if he's bad or good. Um, I know he had a couple of injuries this year, shares the field with Ontario drum. And like you said, Old Miss is very popular for having, one or two of those big guys that are the focal point of the offense. You're, you're Elijah Moore, you're DK Metcalf, you're AJ Brown, right? These dudes that just dominate the entire field. And sadly, this guy was not that. So you dropping him on, on my team for me to cover him, this late ad, is similar to the way you would leave you know a bag of poop that's on fire on a doorstep of somebody you don't like. I feel insulted. I feel betrayed, but I'm here anyway to talk about him. Uh, so he never topped 25 receptions or 600 yards. Um, I think as a deep threat, he could be useful if he's really fast and torches people. Um, but again, the metrics and the stats just aren't there to back up him being there. I mean, I guess I'd be more excited uh, about him than I would have been Bo Melton because this guy played in the SEC, and I'm, I'm I'm reaching here. I'm stretching, right? I'm almost pulling up my muscles and my ligaments by stretching how far I'm stretching here. But, like, SEC football, 
played Mecrel. He played in the NFL PA Bowl, and people thought he was good enough to make the Senior Bowl too. So that's got to mean something. And 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 I think if he would have been invited in the first place, Bo Melton would be somewhere else right now. He'd be, uh, you know, submitting his application to sell insurance somewhere. So that's my take on on Braylon Sanders. You know what I think it is with this guy? I think what it is is exactly what you just said. The SEC, Old Miss, Matt Corral. They didn't have Matt Corral at the Senior Bowl, obviously, so they brought his two receivers in. And this guy, if you remember, right, Braylon Sanders, like October, he's against Bama, maybe. He made that one-handed catch on the sideline. I think it's the Odell factor. They're like, this guy has big hands. I'm looking it up now. He's got 10 and an eighth inch hands. So he's got pretty big hands. 10 inches is pretty big for a wide receiver. I think they're playing this like, I'm just presuming, obviously, like you said, the, the scouts are the scouts. They're not they're not tippity-top. Makes one big catch on the sideline, Odell-esque, and they're just pushing him up to see if he's got the talent. Like you said, you're comparing him. You're talking about him in comparison to Bo Melton. Like, that's where we're at. I got nothing for this guy. I got nothing. I got nothing, man. Now, who's who's the last guy on your list you got to talk about? The last guy on my list is Kelvin Austin. Kelvin Austin might surprise you. It's my number one player on my team. Number one prospect. Number one wide receiver. I think he's very underrated. First came out of my attention about two years ago playing at Memphis. I was watching a couple different guys. You might know them as Antonio Gibson, maybe Tony Pollard, some decent guys. Came across this guy that was like extremely tiny. And I'm like, who the hell is this little little squirt running like a 4-1? It's Calvin Austin, 5'9", 165. He's going to come in probably 175, 20 pounds heavier than Tutu Atwell. He's going to run faster than Tutu Atwell. He's 5'9". He's not going to have a terrible BMI, but it's not going to be great by any means. 323 punt return yards on 25 attempts and two touchdowns. Give him more opportunities. How about that? How about we give him, that's where he's going to earn his keep in the NFL. It's like he's going to be a dirty, a dirty punt returner. You know, like JoJo Natson, these guys that like make careers out of punt returning. That's going to be Kelvin Austin, except Kelvin Austin can play receiver. He gets to the edge so fast on these like jet sweeps and shit. 169 rushing yards on eight carries and three touchdowns. Eight carries, three touchdowns, average 21 per carry. That's nonsense. Freshman season, I thought these stats were pretty stupid. Freshman season, I said eight carries, right? Year number one, one carry, 83-yard touchdown. They don't go back to him. Year two, four carries, three yards, one touchdown. Year three, two carries, 14 yards. Year four, one carry, 69, and a touchdown. They don't go back to him. Two years, he had 60-plus yard touchdowns. They never went back to him from the rushing perspective. Makes no sense. 25 punt returns, two touchdowns. They don't go back to him. How does this guy not have 50 punt returns, 50 kick returns and punt returns combined? From a receiving standpoint, 156 receptions in his career, 1,100 yards as a senior, 1,000 uh, as a junior. He's 22.8 years old as we speak. Not a, not a, He's not just a speedster. Like I said, great returner, great ball carrier. He can separate at the ball's arrival point. His acceleration is second to none at the senior bowl. And pound for pound, I'd take Jamison Williams' pre-ACL acceleration. But now, I think it's easy. It's just Kelvin Austin the third. If a team uses him in every quadrant, he will excel at the next level. 
when you mix Elijah Moore and Rondell Moore together, what you wanted and what you get at the NFL level, a little bit smaller. We talked about last week, Rondell Moore, he fails in the long game. When you're talking about Kelvin Austin, you combine Elijah Moore, you combine Rondell Moore, he can do everything Rondell can. He has a ton of acceleration. Start-stop is not quite on Rondell's level, but the speed is ridiculous. When you look at the NFL and you looked at Rondell Moore, how we liked him last year, I think Kelvin Austin has a longer career arc. He's going to be a better deep threat, a better special team. better. He's going to do everything that we wanted Rondell Moore to do. Kelvin Austin's going to be a dog. I was going to say, whoever... So Memphis may actually start using these guys the way they're supposed to use them. I think now that Mike Norvell is gone, he's at Florida State. He was the head coach for... Hilarious seasons, you might remember, with Antonio Gibson, who played at receiver, with Kenny Gainwell, who also kind of played receiver and also played a little bit of running back. He also was there when uh, Darrell Henderson and Tony Pollard were playing random positions, too. So whoever is recruiting and finding these talented guys, that guy needs a raise and needs to be hired by some SEC team that can't recruit very well because whoever's been finding these prospects has been doing just an amazing job. It's just the coaching over there and the direct decision-making by the folks that are in charge of the on-the-field play are are just idiotic at times. So I, I can't understand why you wouldn't go back to him, like you said, rips off a massive touchdown, rushing the ball. Why don't you go back to him again? I mean, you can't explain Mike Norvell's coaching decisions here. You just can't. I mean, we saw Antonio Gibson be a receiver for years, and, and, and now he's a prolific running back in the NFL. Same goes for this guy. I think he's got immense upside. He's probably overall across our two teams, probably my number two after Jihad Dotson. Calvin Austin, yeah, I'd agree 100%. Um, I, I think Calvin Austin's going to be moving up the the rookie rankings very quickly. I think next week's only going to prove that. I think right now we have him down at 20. But again, that is our, our first skim in to these guys. I think uh, right now I would put him ahead of the Tolbert Dubes area, right behind Mechie, right ahead Mechie in that in that exact area right there. Um, and I think he's got he's got room to grow. The only the only negative is he's going to come in at one seventy five. But again, like I said, when I looked at this guy, you think about Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is a little heavier than Rondell. He's got that tenacious ability when he gets the ball in his hands, when he's moving to get the ball, the separation skills, all that shit. Elijah Moore is good. When you look at Rondell, it's the start stops, the punt returns, the explosivity, the receiving game. Calvin Austin has all that shit, except for the one thing that Rondell doesn't. That's the downfield hands. They said it. They've said it multiple times. They aren't throwing the ball downfield because his hands get shitty. Calvin Austin doesn't. Calvin Austin gets faster and separates better. And I'm not even going to say the one guy in the NFL that he could potentially one day be next to. I'm not going to say it because he's the same size. And he's not going to be on that level. But that's like the type of player he can be. The guy I'm referencing is playing this weekend. That's all you need to know. But Kelvin Austin, I think, can be a riser in this class. He's 22 years old. Again, 175 pounds. Just scares the shit out of me, man. Yeah, small size. You Hopefully he gets that second level NFL puberty that a lot of some of these guys get where they just get a real strength and conditioning coach, real meal plan behind them, and they just blossom into these massive dudes. That's what you got to hope for. 
All right, so that closes it out for our Senior Bowl specials, quarterbacks and running backs, obviously day one. We did tight ends last last Sunday, and then we did wide receivers today. You can go back and watch all those videos on the Podfathers YouTube channel. You can listen to those on anywhere you get podcasts. Just type in the word Roto Underworld, and you'll find it there. It's titled the Senior Bowl Previews. You can go check those out. Give us a review. You're on Spotify, click that review button. You're on Apple, give us that review button. You're on YouTube, click subscribe, click the bell, join in. We appreciate you guys. Leave the comments. We're going to do a quick, 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 because we bet the hour mark. We got the hour mark, and, 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 and for the people listening, for the people that give a shit, I've been fasting for 29 and a half hours, and I might have three pounds of burnt ends sitting on my smoker right now, so I'm hungry as shit. But what I want to do right quick is I want to ask Andy, Pick one guy from every position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Give me your best four players. Who are your four guys you want to see? Four guys you think are going to elevate the highest at the Senior Bowl. I'll go first just to give you a minute because I kind of dumped this on you at the last minute. But I want one quarterback, one running back, one receiver, one tight end. Who is going to be the biggest risers from the Senior Bowl? I'll go first at quarterback. Out of Nevada, I'm going to take Carson Strong. Currently, we have him at quarterback three. I think at the end of the Senior Bowl, it's going to be Pickett. It's going to be Strong, QB1, QB2. I think we're talking about a Ben Roethlisberger-level guy. At running back, I don't think there's a lot there. I think we're looking at Jerome Ford being the guy. But if I had to pick somebody at running back to kind of take that next step, I'd probably go with Rashad White. Rashad White has the size. We talked about him a couple weeks ago. I think he has the Latavius Murray size, but he has the Levon. He has the Le'Veon Bell patience and the burst wide receiver we talked about those guys today obviously i'm going kelvin austin and then at tight end god this this tight end class probably one of my favorites you gotta go back to jake ferguson give me jake ferguson so that's my team i'm going carson strong rashad white kelvin austin and jake ferguson my man andy take me out on your four guys who you got as the biggest risers this week who are you excited to see i'm excited to see Obviously, Bailey Zappi, truther for life. He's he's going to be the guy that, once you break Joe Burrow's record, I have to watch you play against other people that you've excelled at, right? And he's one of the folks, like we talked about before, one of the few folks that went up in level of competition, not down. So he was, I'm really fucking good. I'm about to show you how I can ball out even more. Um, for the running back position, I'd say for me, it's going to be Abram Smith. We talked about him before. He's a discount Kenneth Walker, I feel like, at times. But he's going to be an electric watch. I can't wait to see what he does. Um, again, he's in that, that tier. I think we call it the tank tier, where it's him and it's Tyler Algier, right? They're just massive dudes that were knocking heads, and then they were like, okay, we're going to run with the ball instead of running into the guy who runs the ball. And then I would say from tight end um, – for me, the big guy that I really want to see a lot, I'm going to go back to my boy, Greg Dulcich. Again, you put up that hilarious graphic the other day. Um, check it out on Twitter with some stat lines from big games, and those don't look like tight end numbers at all. So he's going to be a great downfield threat for folks there too. I could see him usurping some of these wide receivers. And again, from the wide receivers, it's rough. It's brutal out there. One of the things I want to see is how does – uh, for me, how does Romeo Dubes or Dobbs, how does he play with other quarterbacks, right? Because he broke out in two years with Carson Strong. 
how does he look for me? Um, but I think if you had to pick a sleeper, it's Christian Watson. So my four guys, Zappi, then it goes Abram Smith, then it goes Greg Dulcich, and now it's going to go to um, Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. Boom. There it is. Cody Carpentier, you can find me on Twitter at Carpentier NFL. Andy Milnick, FF Data King on the Twitters. For Andy, it's Cody. Be back maybe next week. Twenty nine out twenty nine hours. No, you twenty nine hours of fasting. Is that just you? Is it that all from that thread that you and you and Ray were talking about on Twitter, where you guys were like, "Ah, the fasting is good for the body," and you guys talked about drinking all the water in the world and why? Why do twenty nine hours? I just like I, I feel officially like I'm like back through COVID, like I'm done, right? And it's been like a fucking month, but I feel like I'm back to where I was. So I'm just like trying to get the weight down and I've been smoking meat all day. And I was like, I'm just going to like yesterday I had, uh, I fasted uh, 20 hours and then I ate two meals back to back. And then I said, fuck this. I'm going to make some meat tomorrow and I'm not going to eat. I'm going to put it at 30. So I went 20 yesterday, ate two meals and now I'm going 30 hours and that ends in 14 minutes. So. Hey, I'm going to send my school kid to your school because you're my friend. No, more like my kid's going to be the number one fucking pick in the draft if he does it right. <laughs>